Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the DTF Podcast. My name is Sam Norton. This is just a tad, because you're just going to get a tad. You're just going to get a little bit, a little, little snippet, little nibble, all right? I'm not going to give you the full boo, but you're going to get the nip, you know, a little, little dribble drabble. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking about uh, one Stephen Colbert before he went all big time on us mm. back uh Back when he was still part of the Colbert Rapport. Uh, but to help me do that, guess what? I think I got kind of a co-host. <laughs> I got... Temporary co-host. I got another a, another episode of your favorite, Dan Friesen. Hello. Say hello, Dan. Glad to be here. He's back by popular demand. By who? <laughs> by me. Because it's my fucking podcast. Yeah, so. And you're popular. Yeah. Uh, we uh, kind of hung out today and decided to make a bunch of these so you guys can fucking listen to us. Uh, What's well, one of the fun things about hanging out with someone you like and uh, we do comedy together and stuff? And do, hey, what about this thing? Yeah, and then we talk about comedy. So yeah. the, this has been a this has been a, a great time. So I hope you guys have enjoyed the past uh, episodes because uh, we're doing this one too. So go fuck <laughs> off. This has just happened with or without you. But today. Uh, this marks the first time in the history of the podcast that I actually didn't come up with the uh, the topic of conversation. Not actually- true. You did it on the last episode. Uh, oh, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> you know what? Uh, well, maybe I'll put this one out first, oh, and then yeah. it's confusing as shit con- continuity-wise. Mind freak. Uh, but today we're talking about the uh, Stephen Colbert... Uh, Kind of roast. <laughs> it's the best way. The it was 2006 supposed to be six correspondence. It was the 2006 correspondence dinner uh, of George W. Bush. Uh, it was more of a roast. Uh, Stephen Colbert was straight from the like tip tops of popularity of the Colbert Report, which was uh, on Comedy Central back in late 90s, early 2000s, before he moved over to it, uh, not NBC, ABC, CBS. CBS. Thank you. It ended like a year ago, though. It didn't end that long ago. It was, it was pretty recent, right? Yeah, but he was retired a for a, a little ago? bit, two years, maybe. Yeah. Hey, we don't know. This isn't DTF. It, it feels like it just ended. <laughs> this is just a tad. We don't do research. You call it just if a you tip. want research <laughs> just that hey there's a lot of things we can call it there's a lot of double entendres we do. um so the white house correspondence dinner if you don't know you're an idiot but if you don't know what it is it's basically where all the press and uh yeah basically press get together and they have a comedian go up and do uh like a good half hour of material that roasting or just comedically talking about the the year in review. It's basically the comedic version of the uh, State of the Union address, but from a comedian's point of view. Uh, and this year, what it, it's a it's a really fun clip. We're going to listen to uh, the middle of the speech. Uh, but Stephen Colbert, I think, honestly got booked because somebody at the White House thought that Stephen Colbert, his character, if you guys don't uh, never watched it, again, I'm going to pretend like you have, but if you've never watched it, he was very satirical and tried to be a uber version of a Fox News reporter. He was very right-wing, but in a kind of wink and tongue-in-cheek way. And I think someone from the White House thought that he was being serious. <laughs> <laughs> and so they booked him to do this back in 2006. And again, you got to remember the context before we set up the clip. Uh, this is the middle of Colbert's heightened uh, 
state. Like, this is when it got huge uh, on Comedy Central. But this was also in the middle. This is 2006. This is the middle of the Bush era. Uh, it was right in the middle of also the Iraq War. But you also have to remember it was right before the Great Recession. And it was right before the Snowden NSA outing. Mm-hmm. So those things didn't happen yet. So it was still in this weird era where people were – I don't know if jet-lagged is the right thing, but that's the first thing that pops in my mind. Uh, people were a little lagged for the war, but everybody still kind of had a very much rah-rah, zis-boom-bah kind of America thing as opposed to after 2008 when we all kind of went like, oh, no, what the fuck's going on? So that's that's the – uh, atmosphere that Stephen Colbert is going into. He's going into a very, uh, he's punching above the belt type of uh, atmosphere where uh, you will you will see in this clip that he is. Ooh, he he's very much he's very much going after the man right now. He's, so he's going for it. Yeah, he's definitely going for it, and some of it works, and some of it gets a little awkward. So listen and enjoy, and we'll come back and uh, dissect the shit out of it. So all right, guys, listen to it. Bye. I believe the government that governs best is the government that governs least. And by these standards, we have set up a fabulous government in Iraq. I believe... I believe in pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. I believe it is possible. I saw this guy do it once in Cirque du Soleil. It was magical. And though I am a committed Christian, I believe that everyone has the right to their own religion, be you Hindu, Jewish, or Muslim. I believe there are infinite paths to accepting Jesus Christ as your personal savior. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I believe it's yogurt. But I refuse to believe it's not butter. Most of all, I believe in this president. Now, I know there's some polls out there saying that, that this man has a 32% approval rating. But guys like us, we don't, we don't pay attention to the polls. We know that, that polls are just a collection of statistics that reflect what people are thinking in reality. And reality has a well-known liberal bias. So, Mr. President, please, please pay to- no attention to the people who say the glass is half full. 32% means the glass. <laughs> it's important to set up your jokes properly, sir. <laughs> sir, pay no attention to the people who say the glass is half empty. Because 32% means it's two-thirds empty. There's still some liquid in that glass, is my point. But I wouldn't drink it. Last third is usually backwash. Okay. Look, folks, my point is that I don't believe this is a low point in this presidency. I believe it is just a lull before a comeback. I mean, it's, it's like the movie Rocky, all right? The president in this case is Rocky Balboa, and Apollo Creed is everything else in the world. <laughs> it's the 10th round. He's bloodied. His corner man, Mick, who in this case, I guess, would be the vice president, He's yelling, cut me, Dick, cut me. And every time he falls, everyone says, stay down, Rock, stay down. But does he stay down? No. 
Like Rocky, he gets back up, and in the end, he actually loses in the first movie. Um, hmm. Okay, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The point is, it is the heartwarming story of a man who is repeatedly punched in the face. So don't pay attention to the approval ratings that say that 68% of Americans disapprove of the job this man is doing. I ask you this, does that not also logically mean that 68% approve of the job he's not doing? Think about it. I haven't. I stand by this man. I stand by this man because he stands for things. Not only for things, he stands on things. Things like aircraft carriers and rubble and recently flooded city squares. And that sends a strong message that no matter what happens to America, she will always rebound with the most powerfully staged photo ops in the world. Now there may be an energy crisis. Well, this this president has a very forward-thinking energy policy. Why do you think he's down on the ranch cutting that brush all the time? He's trying to create an alternative energy source. By 2008, we will have a mesquite-powered car. And, I, and I, I just like the guy. He's a good Joe. Obviously loves his wife. He calls her his better half. And poll show, America agrees. She's a, she's a true lady and a wonderful woman, but I, I, just, I, just have, I just have one beef, ma'am. I'm sorry, but um, this reading initiative, I've, I'm sorry, I've never been a fan of books. I don't trust them. They're all fact, no heart. I mean, they're elitists telling us what is or isn't true or what did or didn't happen. Who's Britannica to tell me the Panama Canal was built in 1914? If I want to say it was built in 1941, that's my right as an American. I'm with the president. Let history decide what did or did not happen. <laughs> the greatest thing about this man is he's steady. You know where he stands. He believes the same thing Wednesday that he believed on Monday, no matter what happened Tuesday. <laughs> Events can change. This man's beliefs never will. And, and, and as... as Excited as I am to be here with the president, I am appalled to be surrounded by the liberal media that is destroying America, with the exception of Fox News. <laughs> Fox News gives you both sides of every story, the president's side and the vice president's side. <laughs> but the rest of you, what are you thinking? Reporting on NSA wiretapping or secret prisons in Eastern Europe? Those things are secret for a very important reason. They're super depressing. <laughs> and if that's your goal, well, misery accomplished. Over the last five years, you people were so good over, uh, over, over tax cuts, WMD intelligence, the effect of global warming. We Americans didn't want to know, and you had the courtesy not to try to find out. Those were good times as far as we knew. But listen, let's review the rules. Here's how it works. The president makes decisions. He's the decider. 
The press secretary announces those decisions, and you people of the press type those decisions down. Make, announce, type. Just put them through a spell check and go home. Get to know your family again. Make love to your wife. Write that novel you got kicking around in your head. You know, the one about the intrepid Washington reporter with the courage to stand up to the administration? You know, fiction. Because really, what, 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 what incentive do these people have to answer your questions after all? I mean, nothing satisfies you. Everybody asks for personnel changes. So, the White House has personnel changes. And then you write, oh, they're just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. First of all, that is a terrible metaphor. They're, this administration is not sinking. This administration is soaring. If anything, they are rearranging the deck chairs on the Hindenburg. All right, that was Stephen Cole's Colbert at the two <laughs> Stephen Cole Spares. That was Stephen Colbert at the 2006 uh, White House Correspondent What a dinner. speech. Uh, well, yeah, fantastic. And it goes, uh, if you guys want to watch it, uh, we also found it on YouTube. It's it's on there. Uh, just type in Stephen Colbert, White House 2006, and it'll come up. Full thing's like 25 minutes. Includes a sketch at the end. It's yeah. crazy. And it, it, it's, it's relentless. It, it yep. doesn't, it, the, the clip that we pointed out, I wanted to start at a certain point because I liked it, uh, which we'll get into. But I, I, I picked that because it's a, it, I think it's a good sample of how, much he just didn't give a fuck like mm. most correspondence dinners are a little flap doodle they try to pander to the audience that they have uh it is they'll, it, they'll mock they'll, they'll, they'll mock of course like uh, this year we had um we had larry, larry wilmore, wilmore did yeah. it and he he threw some haymakers he, he did. did but it was i don't think it was anything com- this was i've watched i think i've watched all of them mm. i've watched the seth meyers one i've watched seth all meyers one is terrible yeah i was all right yeah, but it, it was it was very milquetoast yeah uh, this one though was a perfect example. So when uh, Friesen brought it up, I was like, "Okay, I definitely, you're right. I should talk about this because it was one of those things that when I watched it, I was like, Good fucking lord!' It's earth shaking. Yeah, uh, it's like it's you don't know that a comedian can do that. It I, to me, it was that, but more so, it was I can't believe he puts himself out on an island for an entire night. Like he mm-hmm. intentionally went. All right, it's going to be awkward to shake hands at the end of this. You know he didn't have, like, a SUV waiting for him outside. No, he had to stay and take yeah. pictures, and everybody's <laughs> like, eh. You it know- wasn't like ODB at that concert where the police came from, <laughs> where he's like, whoop, got to dip out the back. It's, it's not that. He had, yeah, he had to he, stick around. He had one of those shows that if you're a comedian, you'll recognize this, but he had one of those shows that uh, whenever you get done, it, whether you intentionally do it or not, you get done, and then when people come out to say goodbye, uh, most of everybody's compliments, the best one you get is, hey, man, I thought you were funny. It's brave that you got up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were funny, and it's I've brave. Had a, I've had a couple of nights at the Laugh Factory where I've just had bad sets, and I've ended like, hey, guys, how about you guys fuck yourself? Something along those lines. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's all been bad. And at the end, like, hey, I recognize that we've both been not into this. <laughs> like, that sort of thing. And they'd like you to stick around and say hi to people afterwards. So, like, in an effort to not be rude, I'll be standing around. And people will come out and be like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just sort of stare at each other. Like, mm. Maybe, a, like, a limp handshake. Like, hey, I saw you there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you so saw I, me got, get mad. Yeah, that, that's the best reaction he could have got is, hey, I thought you were funny. And the worst reaction is just a... 
<laughs> Worst reaction is he should have been murdered. Well, I mean, I guess it was the Bush era that we were. Yeah, I mean, if you if you line into the conspiracy uh, like mine says, like, oh, you get you get shanked on your way out for <laughs> something like that. They don't shank in the presidency. No, nah, that's true. They poison you with that's a true. dart or a poison shank. <laughs> You're really into shanks. It's a good word. <laughs> Um, so the reason I wanted to start the clip off uh, where we did, we started in the middle. Uh, the one joke, because we, we kind of listened through the whole thing, and the one joke that got me right away was where Steven said, uh, I believe, and again, you have to take all of this with a grain of salt, that he's being as satirical as possible. He's, it's all tongue-in-cheek, so none of it he takes seriously. And this is the perfect joke of that where he says, I believe the best government, I don't know, I'm turning into JFK, but yeah, I'm going to say it. <laughs> That's my Stephen Colbert. I believe the best government is the government who governs least, which is why I think we set up the perfect government in Iraq. And I love that joke because it, uh, <laughs> again, this was in the midst of the Iraq debacle and quagmire. The quagmire. It's still a fucking quagmire. Yeah. And it's, it, and he, I mean, the joke isn't wrong. It turned in right because now ISIS is over there. But. It, this was when uh, there was a, a kind of a blitzkrieg in media of going like, no, we did the right thing. Mm -hmm. We're still – because this was 2006. So this was this was five years into the Iraq war where there's – I think the, the real uh, – the struggle of trying to justify how long we were doing it first started. Well, I think it was also around the time when they had the Iraqi elections. That well, that but I'm yeah. saying like it was both. Hey, no, because at the very beginning it was like we won the war in like fucking three hours. <laughs> Did we? Um, and we won. We won the actual battles of Saddam versus us, but then the rest of it was just us occupying forever. And after you know uh, five years. It, 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 I think this was around the turning point of everybody kind of like bending down at the knees going like, what? why the fuck are we still doing this? Mm -hmm. And then the the elections happen going like, okay, we can put this off on them now. It's it's there. We we helped. We spread democracy. Now it's they have an election. Now, it's on you. Bro, and, and bro, then, yeah, bro, it's bro, on you. bro, you got it. Yeah. And then we watched some fucking face plant, and yeah. that was when like... Because that was the whole thing from the jump. Yeah. Like the, the elections were never... But that's that's what makes that I, that's what made that joke so good to start from for me was like this was probably not the time or place to debut a joke of uh, hey that's really fucked up over there I, what or, you th what you're trying to say is good I disagree I a hundred percent think it is the time and the place no I'm and saying to a get a good reaction oh okay well, I yeah. think I agree with you it is one hundred percent the right time and place to say it. But not if you're looking for a good set. You want a good set? Yeah. No. <laughs> the succulent, just ass kisser press, like uh, in front of the sitting president, who's yeah. a monster war criminal. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not the good. That's not a good time. Hey, they're all war criminals. So. No, that's definitely true. You're not going to get a disagreement there. Yeah, we just changed our podcast into fucking <laughs> political talk. <laughs> hey, we'll tell you. Two dumbasses talk politics. Uh, we got a high life. By the way, again, sponsored by Miller High Life. We got a great sponsor. Yeah. Champagne and beers. If you got something to celebrate, take off your T-shirt and drink a Miller High Life. You know what I like about them is they've stuck with you through all the thick and thin. The, exactly. Yeah. You know, they're always there in that clear bottle. They're, mm -hmm. they, they're very transparent, unlike the Bush era government. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, another bit that I liked was the uh, 
The, okay, so this is kind of why I wanted to bring this up. What I liked about the, the whole set that he did was a lot of times there's not a lot of, uh, from what I've, there's not a lot of crowd reaction, not crowd reaction, there's not a lot of uh, crowd interaction mm-hmm. between the host and either the panel, the president, or the uh, press. Uh, but with this one, Colbert was very much the whole time, even though everybody got the quote-unquote joke that he was definitely not with Bush, yep. he kept going like, right, sir? You're on my side. He kept And if you go watch it, which I, I hope you do, but it, just know the whole thing, it'll pan over to George W. Bush, and he either just has bitch face on so mad or he's got a strained smile like mm-hmm. i wish i was still doing coke and drinking. this will be over at some <laughs> point is just what i read on his face like fuck this and he, well, you, well, your point that you brought up that like someone thought he was sincere i think that's what happened. i think it's the opposite oh really i think someone was fucking around i think someone was like hey i'll get him in here and it'll be crazy and then no one checked that's what I think. I think. Oh, someone did it as a, like a farce of like, oh, yeah. that'd be funny, and then it, nobody said anything, uh-huh. and it's like, oh, well, if I go back on this, I'm going to look like a dickhead. Mm-hmm. I think it's more oh, no. likely that that's the case. Like someone was trying to throw a wrench in the gears just to be silly, uh, and whoever like was responsible for being like, oh no, we shouldn't definitely not do that. <laughs> they just w- were asleep at the wheel. Oh no! Yeah, Th- that it, might be even worse. It seems like negligence, uh, as opposed like ne- negligence as opposed to naivety or ignorance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is always an easier explanation. That for makes me. me feel bad for whoever booked them because I would feel better if it was they were just ignorant and naive to where they can go like, no, but I watched the show. Stupidity is a good. Uh, good excuse a lot of times mm-hmm. where you just go, I'm just an idiot. I'm sorry, but if it's I was fucking around, and this joke got way out of hand. <laughs> no, because I like to imagine the guy who booked it in the back of the room being like, this is going exactly according to plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, thank God. That would, That's, like, that to me gets me excited. It was Joe Biden the whole time. Oh, my God. Uncle Joe. Uh, that crazy, wacky bastard. Uh, I, but the, the other one that I like, so the reason I bring up him going, like, right, sir, was the, the joke he did, uh, a the few jokes. Holes. About the what? About the polls. The thirty-two percent thing. Yeah, yeah. Where you said, uh, you know, thirty per- thirty-two percent. If you thirty-two percent, thirty-two. Yeah, good job. That some people look at it as uh, half full or half empty. I think of it as three four or three or one third full, and most of that liquid at the is just backwash. <laughs> like, <laughs> just the best. Is- just trying to be positive, and at the very end, going like, nah, it's shitty. Like. Like it's, the glass isn't half empty. The glass is two-thirds empty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, don't drink that. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's, what it's, you think is the positive is also not good. Yeah. What I like about it so much, too, is that it's a speech that blurs, like, really biting, horrible political satire into goofiness. Because that is goofy. Don't drink that water. And then also the I believe in democracy. I believe in America. That that he goes into that for like a minute and a half, and there's like, I believe it's yogurt, but I cannot believe it's not it's butter. butter. Like that's so goofy. No, you met no. It goes right back into I because I I I'm wrote this that positively. Down. No, I I wrote this down because what you're saying like oh I like how it goes into goofy. That joke isn't even goofy. He goes right back into being a 
sarcastic asshole because he goes like, I believe in democracy. I believe in the United States. I believe it's yogurt, but I refuse to believe it's not butter. But I'll tell you what I do believe in, this president. So he goes from, like, thing, thing to, like, oh, absurdity. Okay, he's just being a dickhead. It's it's goofy with a purpose. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost a pressure release uh, valve. But I like... Before he gets back into, now I'm going to kick the shit out of you again. But that joke specifically, I think, was pointing out the dumbness of, of people blindly following Bush in particular, but I think any politician... Of going like, no, I believe this. And it's like, yeah, a lot of your people who like you are kind of idiots. <laughs> well, that, they don't believe it's not butter, but they also believe that you are great. The joke, I think it's not in the clip that you played, but the joke where he uh, is like, I, I, I listen to my gut. You and I listen to our guts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's more there's more feeling in your gut than there, there's more, what is it, uh, more neurons Neur- in, your, in your, gut your gut than in your brain. Uh, some of you are going to say that that's not true. That's because you looked it up in a book. <laughs> I looked it up in my gut. And my gut that's, says. That's a perfect, like, distillation of this whole, like, nah, just feel it. Yeah. Well, that's how, uh, that's that famous saying of why Bush got elected. Mm-hmm. I remember that when I uh, first started paying attention to politics is like, I could have a beer with him. Yeah. I could yeah. have a nice, crystal clear glass. Champagne of beers. Of Miller High Life. With the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that. You know, if you were running for president, I would want to have a nice thirst quenching. I'd really want to get sponsored by that. <laughs> but no, I, I, that... Uh, the appeal of that type of person is, like, universal. Like, we, we, we could fall into that easily, too. Like, the, I want to have a beer with this guy. But the, like, you know, taking a punch at just that, that idea yeah. is awesome. Like, and doing it in the way that he did. Because uh, it's so crystal clearly uh, well, shows whole- that, like, okay, yes, that that gut shit is fine, but, but it, it's wrong. Well, he's also... It's factually wrong. I, I just like how he is an uh, allegory, I think is the best word. Mm-hmm. He's an allegory for... No, he's a metaphor. Those are similar words. All right. Whatever the right one is, he's a metaphor for... Uh, the people who liked Bush the whole time, especially in that year, is an analog. Analog. That's what I was. He's he's an analog for the Bush supporters, which mm-hmm. were very low, thirty-two percent, mm-hmm. by whatever polls. And I I think that I think that's that was the best part of like those two jokes, the uh, uh, the yogurt one and the gut one, is showing like yeah, no, these who are your supporters are the guys who aren't really thinking. They're just going like, hey man. Is a cool guy. Mm-hmm. I go with my gut. I don't go with that brainy shit. Well, what it is is it's starting from the position that you disagree with and then getting to the point that you do agree with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is a really interesting thing to do uh, in performance, especially in a situation where you're fucking roasting the president. But that is to go back to, I, I apologize because it was your last episode, but like uh, your last episode about Ricky Gervais, that was what was lacking in a lot of ways in terms of his uh, presentation was he wasn't he wasn't starting with like I agree with you now I'm going to take your position and twist it into something you don't agree with because that that is what Colbert was doing was like I've got you I've got you in my trap with the setup and now the punchline is going to make you look like a dick that's true then that's what I love about this so much it's so like 
It's so good. That he, he plays his own devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the devil's advocate is the setup. Yeah, exactly. I like the... Uh, <clears throat> okay. All right. <laughs> I like the... Uh, I don't know why I just decided to well, stop there. The, the, now we <laughs> need gravitas. We need something real serious here, Sam. I, I, I liked uh, in that, uh, that joke where he says... Sir, you're like Rocky, mm-hmm. uh, and Apollo Creed is everything else in the world. <laughs> Just beating the shit out of him. That that joke, I uh, this whole thing is just uh, really, really a good example of how uh, fundamentally comedy is setting up expectations and then cutting them out. Mm-hmm. Because the whole time up until that point, uh, to my memory. In this set, he is 100% on Bush's side, uh, and then uh, he he cuts the legs out from underneath underneath Bush, but not in a uh, disparaging way. He's, because he's, he's so in like good. a defensive way. He's so good at being in character as Stephen Colbert that when he's making this metaphor of it's like everyone's like, "Stay down, you're scrappy." You're fine. That when he gets to the end, it's like the realization is, oh no, Rocky loses at the end. But that's He's, what I'm saying. It's, it's like, oh no, shit. <laughs> it's it's like he has not thought it through. It's great. It, it, but I I think it, this that, is the one joke that he went out of character. I think he was in character for all the other ones. Like I'm behind you. I got you because he's being sarcastic. This one, he does do the hey, you're like Rocky, and Apollo Creed is the rest of the world, and then he says. <laughs> Uh, except you know, and then he kind of like detracts where he's like, yeah. And then you know, Rocky gets punched in the face a lot and loses. It's a heartwarming story of a man who gets punched in the face. A lot. <laughs> yeah. So I think he kind of slips out of character just to be like, yeah, no, you are like Rocky. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> that's what it felt like to me, and not more of a guy that's still trying to defend him. It was like, hey, I'm defending you. I'm defending you. I'm defending you. And then this one kind of go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. So it was, That's I'm defending reasonable. you at the very beginning, and then at the end, I'm not, there's no defense. I'm just saying at the very end. Well, that, and, and that's after he's already broken it down, like, oh, wait, wait, wait. He loses at the end of that movie. Yeah, and yeah. So it's already like, oh, we, the metaphor, if we continue it, is everyone tells him to stay down, and you should have fucking stayed down, Bush. <laughs> it's hard for us to talk about this, I think, uh, especially w- without our incredible bias showing. Like, we're both dudes who hate bush yeah we're part of the 70 whatever eight percent yeah from this year that we're talking 2006 78 percent and i was then too like and before that like i yeah always had a like a throbbing all right so let's try to be objective about this yeah uh if you saw someone that you disagreed doing jokes like this would you still not see it as biting satire it may not well, be as funny boy, to you tough. subjectively, but I think I'd still find it as biting satire. Of like, Because here's the thing. Well, it's so not like he wasn't making Wilmore. good points. Go back to Wilmore for a second. Larry? Yes. He had some bits about uh, the president not shutting down Guantanamo and stuff like that. You know, like there were, there were some jokes against Obama that, like, I'm not the biggest Obama supporter in the world necessarily, but I definitely am more liberal than I am conservative. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't mind hearing that. I, I'm not. I, I I thought those were good jokes. It's I, hard for a conservative to be funny, is the thing. I think. Oh, you're gonna hate me, Colin Quinn, from 
uh, tough crowd with Colin Quinn. Your your spirit animal? <laughs> My spirit animal. He said something that I, I kind of agree with in that um, it seems, and to kind of keep on track with what we're talking about, it seems that people with Obama have been very flapdoodle because... Flapdoodle? Flapdoodle. Well, that's say, my own thing. You say flapdoodle. Have been very, uh, not as harsh and biting because most comedians and most people in the media are liberal, like you and I, and so it's harder to find those detracting uh, satirical points of view. Wait till Hillary wins. Exactly. Oh, God. It'll be be so much humor. Thank God there's sexism still. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, I think the reason that you, like, you and I kind of both watched Layer Uber saying, and we were like, hey, there was some good stuff, but it wasn't this. No. Is because you weren't put, you weren't putting someone who vehemently disagreed with everything that Obama not stood for but was doing but i would argue that it's almost impossible for us in the modern era to come up with a president who's as evil as bush you know like yet i mean who sure. knows what the next there's plenty of time do. yeah <laughs> yeah but and, the, and maybe there'll be a great speech once we find that villain but but, th- but that's only a matter of perspective because you could go to any of those 32 percent of america yeah and they would say that obama i mean you know how many people could have they think he's the antichrist yeah, yeah. and and here's the thing that and i truly believe this even even with my bias my political bias i believe there. I would like to believe, this may be not true now that I'm saying it, but I would like to believe that there are comics out there who are right-leaning mm-hmm. that could have roasted Obama with... Like a Nick DiPaolo. Yeah. Nick, actually, Nicky D is one of my favorite comics, but because he's one of those rare people that... He's very I funny dis- and conservative. And I disagree with everything that he's mm-hmm. saying, but points that he brings up, I kind of go like, you are pointing out facts that I don't see just because I have a bias. Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. I think to me separates this from anything else is mm-hmm. that he was a Colbert was a super left leaning uh, political infiltrator. Almost. Infiltrator. Yeah. yeah. He was a saboteur. Mm-hmm. And whereas like the Larry Wilmore, Seth Meyers things is like, uh, let me. Yeah. Uh, Seth Meyers thing is where they are left leaning towards the left yeah. and they have to kind of go back towards the middle just to go uh, get enough distance to punch. Not a lot of people can do a Bruce Lee one inch punch. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you need a little bit. In, in order to have biting satire, I think you need to have a little bit more perspective and distance away from the... Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Um, so... Like we're, we're, like we're saying, just basically, Wilmore isn't great satire, it's good jokes. Well, I think uh, Eddie Izzard said this on one of his DVDs that, like, uh, it's hard to do jokes... If you're doing political jokes... Uh, in general, it's hard to do jokes whenever there's a conservative or uh, a liberal, a liberal government. Because again, most people who think for a living—and I don't mean to say that conservatives don't think—but I'm just saying most people who think for a living usually go more towards liberal because you're more of a person. You're more, you're more driven to be a person of live and let live type mm-hmm. thing instead of conservatives where it's like, no, I want you to live like me. And so Colbert, I think, doing this in front of uh, Obama 
I don't think would have been as good. I don't Certainly think he could not. have done it. Yeah. No. It would, have, it would not have the same punch at all, and it wouldn't be... Wouldn't have, like to me, this is a moment. Yeah, exactly. This it's right place, right time. time, right person. Uh, and, and like we mentioned, DePaulo, but I can't think of any other like strong conservative comics that could do this. Like, well, but here's here's where you're wrong. Here's but there, where... that's what makes uh, not to turn this into a circle jerk of DePaulo, but that's what makes him. Uh, pretty special is that he is able to do comedy from that side of the aisle without, uh, in general, uh, completely disenfranchising himself from the whole business. Like, people still respect him. Now, he doesn't get a lot, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure a lot of that is because people don't want to be around him. And some of it is a consequence of him being who he is. And I I can understand that. It is what it is. You book and uh, take care of the ones that you agree with. I got it. But it it is a shame that people... that 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 is not allowed. Now, again, I don't want any comic to go out there and do, uh, you know, uh, fucking Donald Trump esque incitement of conservatism. But if you guys get a chance, go out and listen to Nick DiPaolo, and you'll kind of see what we're talking about. He's he's definitely not the most uh, politically correct, or what, uh, in my opinion, correct person. I disagree with him a ton. Uh, exactly, but yeah. but it's funny. Exactly, I it does not detract from the thought that I. It does you know not what detract bumps me out. Yeah, you know yeah. what bumps me out. He's fifty something. Uh-huh. He's been around forever. There aren't more of him. That kind of bums me out. That it's going away. That there aren't more people who are conservative and are funny and aren't okay. Yeah, uh, hateful and and weird. You know what I mean? Like he's. I want more of that voice. He's 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 got the voice and what Colbert's character is. So I'm going to try to link this together to kind of halfway stay on topic. But like Colbert's character that he's doing in this and Nick DiPaolo's essence. I'm not going to say who that is because you're not exactly who you are on stage. Sure. But who Nick DiPaolo's essence is on stage. I don't stage. see any fingernail polish. Eh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, those... The two common grounds is being a t- detracting voice from the common zeitgeist. Being a gadfly. Yeah. And I and I think it's hard, and nowadays especially, I think it's hard to separate your opinions from your humor. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's a lot of things I find funny that I don't inherently agree with. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we talk about, like, corpse fucking and, like, you know, yeah. pedophilia. Those things are things that get joked about, but obviously our sense of humor is not in touch with our reality. And the like, thing that... And, our morality. Yes. And to go beyond that, the thing that separates uh, Colbert's character that he was doing and Nikki D is... An intelligence that goes behind it. Mm-hmm. There are, now you can have that detracting voice, but a lot of, like it, it, rape is always the best example I can ever give of this. There are funny rape jokes out there, mm-hmm. but they are very few and far between because everybody wants to go for the easy route or whatever the shocking route. Yeah, but to have a very intelligent idea or concept of rape 
can make something that I will never agree with. If you're trying to justify rape, I will never agree with you. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee if you're smart enough, you can at least make me laugh at it. Which is a weird yeah. thing to say, but it's very true in comedy that it's like, all you got to do, you don't have to prove that you're right. You just have to prove that your logic is there. Yeah. And that's, I think, the difference. And I think that's what Colbert was doing. was, But also, I think, using rape as a sort of little hinge point. It's also terrible that I brought up rape and it's just two dudes right. in we can talking that. about rape. So I apologize it's, for any female listeners, but I, I, I hope that we're speaking... This an office. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, they're, they're like, there are ways to make jokes about something while still accepting and honoring the horror of it. You know, and there there not are honoring but respecting. I feel like yeah. honoring is part of that. Like not oh, taking maybe. away from it. You know, now like, we're getting into semantics, yeah. but okay, I'll just agree. Yes. Okay. I'm not disagreeing either. Uh, <laughs> there there is a part to this Colbert thing where he's not taking away from the horrors of like the Iraq war. By making fun of it and things like that, and that—that's part of why this is that—that—that's so good. Is it's like taking these really awful things, making fun of it, making making jokes, yeah, poking fun, and still like everyone knows this shit's real bad. Yeah, but the, but the it, everyone either knows it's real bad or everybody doesn't. Uh, want to know it's real bad or don't want to not know they don't want to accept that it's real bad like we're no still, man we're doing it for the rat reasons we're it's still like, dancing eh. around a little bit why a, like a liberal president can't get a good colbert treatment i don't that's we, we're no, still we dancing around it a little bit dance though. around it it's because too many people are left-leaning and that's a fault that's a fault i think of myself i i know i'm a bleeding heart liberal and i uh it it kind of sucks that I, I mean I I'm glad that I am politically, but as a comic, I'm like I really wish I could look at the world differently because that's what every comic looks at is very very left leaning, mm-hmm. and it's a shame that you know uh, th- there's a reason that there are a thousand or thousand, there are millions of conservatives across not only the nation but across the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have to have some good ideas or it wouldn't be continuing. I hope I I would hope I hope that it's not just inherently a, a bad or evil idea. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's just a shame that people who have kind of detracting ideas uh, get knocked out. Uh, religion's a good one. Uh, that's a pretty easy concept to have, but how many comics speak lovely? You talk about your religion a little bit. Not, not really anymore. Nobody finds it funny. Well, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, you, it, it's it's hard. To go back to this set. Even he talks about uh, all of the religions. I believe in many ways to find Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, like he, he even take he even skewers religion in this. But it, it's it's always skewering. It, there's rarely a uh, comic that has a conservative view on religion. Because that's usually very not funny. Well, but that that's usually very problematic. That's usually like very. Is it problematic just because people don't want to hear that side of it, or is it problematic just because you can't make that funny? Well, I, I think mean, it's, what's the side of it? Are you, are you imagining, like, someone being from the Westboro Baptist Church possibly being funny? No, I've met them. They're hilarious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but you, I mean, you... No, I'm not saying that far, but I am saying someone um, who doesn't just have... Every religious joke I usually see is some scathing review of it mm-hmm. instead of 
a I've I've seen a few atheist uh, jokes, but it's never as harsh as like you believe in this fucking dumb shit. Oh, you believe in a guy in a cloud, and it's like, all right, well, there's a lot of people that think that. That's not a. The, you're right. That's not a good joke. I think I'm just saying that happens a lot, and I I think I think that is an issue that we can bring up with Colbert is that. It's easier to make fun of a conservative president than is a liberal one just because of the business that we're in. Yeah. If we were all, you know, fucking accountants or duck-calling people from Duck Dynasty, then, yeah, we'd be able to do our job and hate on the liberal president. I think that's, like, a part of comedy, too. Like, comedy is so liberal. Like, not – and not just politically. It is – I don't even know how to express this. I don't even think it should be. I think it should be – I don't think comedy... I'm not talking even politically. I'm talking about what those principles mean. Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say, all right, then I agree with that. People looking down on our lives would have a great argument. Like, (laughs) what are you doing getting drunk at noon? What are you doing staying out all night talking to microphones in front of your peers? Justifying your rape joke. Exactly. That's the, the, like, sort of, hey, everybody's cool, all that stuff. That mentality is very uh, conducive to comedy, whereas the like, hey, uh, let's respect taxes. That's not so much. Do you know how much I, I, I hate to rub my own dick, but it is applicable to this uh, conversation uh, talking about on stage uh, how like I'll talk about how much I love my wife mm-hmm. and how much people really react to that. Why? Because most comics. Are just like religion. That's like a corny thing to do. You're supposed to go up there and be like, "Ah, I'm, I'm either single and not happy, or I'm, I'm in a relationship around. and I fucking hate it, or I'm fucking around." But it's rare to have someone go like, "Hey, I'm happily, I'm in a happily, happily married, monogamous relationship." And guess what? It's working out. I've done a bunch of shows recently with our friend Nick Rowley. Yeah. Of the Jam Sandwich podcast. Check it out on iTunes. All right. Uh, there's a plug. <laughs> You're uh, welcome. For someone else's show. But uh, he is also super happily married and has been for 16 years. And uh, I've actually found that audiences are really into it. They're, I think they find it refreshing. That, okay. But I'm saying they shouldn't. Okay. <laughs> they shouldn't find it refreshing because you know how many people are happily married out there? A lot of them. A lot. But yeah. yet in the industry that we're in. That's a rarity. That's why people are going, oh. A lot of times you have audience members who are like, they're happily married, and they're seeing a reflection of it, and they're like, oh, I like this, as opposed to shithead guy who maybe got crabs. But th- I'm telling you, if if I, ju- if I said, hey, I'm happily married and got no reaction, that would feel more right than when I go, oh, I'm happily married, and half the audience go, oh. It's like, well, no, that no should be the... Aw. Yeah, but that should be the... The, the standard should be happily married the the standard for comics or just any well, entertainment shouldn't be oh i feel like a piece of sh- i'm a piece of shit and so is my big fat dumb cunt of a wife well hold on okay <laughs> okay just because that's the standard of your life doesn't mean it's the standard of mine okay i'm not i'm not a married or anything but this gets back to the point that we're yeah. making okay We've drifted way far. No, 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 no. We haven't. Okay. Uh, uh, I mean, we've got to wrap it up soon. But th- this is the point. We were talking about why uh, conservative presidents have better biting satire politically than liberal. It's because the norm of our business is liberal, politically leaning, right? Yeah. 
So when the norm is politically leaning, you can bite into the satire of conservative presidents easier. And the comparison I'm making with uh, marriage and being happily married is that the norm of comedians are these fucked up, depressed, uh, weird outcasts who can't hold down a real uh, relationship or whatever. Keep job. Job, anything. And so that's the norm of going up and going like, oh, this thing sucks. My lady sucks. I can't get a date. I masturbate all the time. And then when I go up and I go, I'm actually happily married. We have a good sex life. And uh, I don't think any of you women can really stack up. That being said is like a conservative going like, hey, I do comedy. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not it's not that it it's wrong or whatever. It's just saying that the norm of the, the norm of the nature of our business is one way. It's very, <laughs> and I'm gonna. I'm, I am a part of this, so I'm not uh, excluding myself. But it is very left-leaning scumbags. Mm-hmm. That is scumbag outliers is what comics are, and so there there are inherent issues of finding humor in the life that we live. It's hard to find humor in the left, and it's hard to find humor in the scumbag lifestyle that we all live. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll end it on that, guys. Right. <laughs> I think you made a point. <laughs> I made a nice rambling point. Sure. Guys, thank you all for listening to this episode of Just a Tad on the DTF podcast. Uh, if you guys want to listen to the uh, Stephen Colbert roast of George Bush, uh, look it up on YouTube. It goes on for like 20 minutes, and it is it's pretty harsh the whole way through. And I thank you all for listening. Again, please go out and find your own bit of comedy. And I can help you with that little bit because there's a great podcast that my guest host, Dan mm. Friesen. Friesen Dan, Point? What, what, is it called Friesen Point? It is. Where can you find it at? FriesenPoint.com. That or on easily. ITunes. Really? You yeah. can go to iTunes or the URL on your computer screen uh-huh. and just type in Friesen Point. It'll Correct. pop right up. Yep. Wow. Am I on there on one you of them? You are. What? I don't know when you're going to put this out, but you were on uh, recently, and you're on uh, every now and again. You know, hey. we're, you're not you're not a rare guest. Well, look at that, guys. You guys last can find, time you were on, your dad called in and bullied you. You guys can it was great. You guys can meet my my dumb dick of a dad, <laughs> who's actually really cool and I love. Him. Seems awesome. Uh, he's a cool dude. So uh, please go out and find your own comedy. Start with Freezing Point, and then go from there. Uh, please also comment on. Uh, the the comments below uh, give me any feedback. I don't give a shit. I just want to hear from you. I see that you guys are listening. Right? That's the best part. But what would be even better is if we could talk to each other. Engagement I, makes this a two-way street. Yeah, man. So much more gratifying for everyone. And I don't do this just for me. I mean, I, I am pantsless most of the time, but, uh, you know, I'm doing this for us. This is this is our little community that we do together and try to nerd out about bullshit. So yeah. continue listening, continue sharing, continue liking. And I love you all very much. Come back and listen to DTF Podcast. We will see you next week. I love you all. Good night. Bye. Bye.